Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, and the schmoes know, this is Meet the Movie Press. Roundtable movie news and commentary from the industry's premier film journalists. Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Busy week, right? Yeah, I'm <laughs> Jeff Snyder. This is Meet the Movie Press. I'm here with my co-host, Simon Thompson. Good morning. Good morning. Showbiz Simon on yeah. Twitter. Uh, on chat as well. Just oh. so everybody knows, um, we are using chat today. Great. So, Fantastic. If you, if people are, a lot of people last week actually asked, who's that Simon guy? <laughs> so... Uh, He's here. I'm here, um, and a permanent fixture he's for those of you who've flag. actually been asking. Um, I'm kind of like a fart in a lift. He's uh, the, he's I'm not a, going anywhere. He's my new co-host. Yes. So, <laughs> so sorry, sorry about I, that. I, I, I asked for someone with less hair than Mark Riley so that I could have the beautiful mane here. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, there weren't any eggs available, so uh, so I've got this one. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. It's fine. Um, so, lots to discuss today. Busy week. I mean, I thought last week was actually busy, but there's been so much big news dropping this week. Yeah, I'll say. Um, so, do you want to kick off with first topic? No, I'm going to let you. Go okay. For it. Um, I say it wrong. I call it Indiana Jones. Indiana. Um, Indiana Jones. <laughs> uh, Indiana Jones. Um, there is, like it or not, going to be a fifth movie. Now, I know you're not a fan. Do, are you sure? <laughs> I, I believe I saw one or maybe two tweets about this from me this just, week. Just a few. By the way, are my are my headphones on? Are my cans on in the booth there? Because I I can't hear myself in stereo. If it helps, I can't hear myself either. Okay. Um, I but, don't know how it's supposed to work anymore. Yeah, so I- Indiana Jones um, announced this week there is going to be a fifth movie. Uh, Harrison Ford is going to come back as Indiana Jones. And Steven Spielberg is going to direct. How much of this uh, is surprising? Not really. I mean, the thing is that obviously this, I think this goes back to when Disney bought a load of things, um, including Indiana Jones, Star Wars, several other things. Mm-hmm. Um, it was inevitable. You, if you're Disney, you of don't course. spend a huge amount of money on potentially massively lucrative franchises and then let them sit on a shelf. Well, it's not even that Lucasfilm has that many properties. It's like... Not it's really. Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And I think I think um, Force Awakens was a really good tester of whether people still like Harrison Ford. Whether audiences still people always loved Harrison. Well, people Ford. like Harrison Ford, but do they turn out for his movies? Not all his movies have been massively successful in the last couple of years. So you've got to kind of test the waters and see if the new younger audience are going to be into it. And clearly, the feedback from Force Awakens was the fact that people still love Han Solo. They still love Harrison Ford. They still love the stuff that he's putting out there. So I think they could have gone with a younger Indiana. I think they made the right decision to stay with Harrison Ford, although he is no spring chicken, so it's going to be very different. And there have been good Indiana Jones movies, and there have been really shitty well, listen, we, we Indiana don't, Jones movies. We don't know, you know the context of this announcement or what... No. You know, Harrison Ford and his Indiana Jones are going to look like. Like, is is it going to be someone else's movie, but Harrison Ford is back as Indiana Jones as a side character? Well, is he paired with a younger act? Like, we don't know exactly the direction that this is taking. You're right, but I think we got a taste in the last one, Crystal Skull, where they introduced Mutt, and I think that was to test the waters to see if perhaps if there was another Indiana Jones movie. Could Indiana Jones not be the main character? Right. Could it be a younger one? And hell no, I think was the resounding answer for that. Because not only was it a, not a great film, it was quite, quite a bad film. Mm-hmm. It had redeeming features. Not many, but it had them. Mm-hmm. And one of those was not Mutt. Now, again, I didn't see Indiana Jones. For those who did not follow my Twitter rant, if you will, earlier this week, uh, I don't, not, it wasn't really a rant. It was just me voicing my opinion. I'm not a big Indiana Jones guy. I think I've been pretty public and consistent with that for the last 13 years that I've been writing about film online. Um, I just don't... I liked Raiders, the others, uh, whatever. I think I don't think they've really aged that well. I think Raiders is good. I think that still holds up. Sure, but I, I just... Temple of Doom is still fun. I and never... Still... Adventure movies on the whole, I think, are very tricky. Yeah, I'd um, agree with that. Because it's not an action movie, Indiana, Indiana Jones. No. It's an adventure movie. 
Um, anyways, I'm not a big Indiana Jones fan, so I haven't seen number four. So Mutt Williams is, I mean, what is the link there? Is it his son? Was it, it what? Well, yeah, Indiana Jones family. I mean, I haven't seen it since the first time I watched it because that, when did that come out? Five, five, six years ago, mm-hmm. maybe a bit longer. Um, I was really not impressed by the movie. I've not revisited it. And whenever I see it coming up on cable or coming up on VOD, I can't bring myself to watch it. Um, it was Shia LaBeouf who played Mutt when right. Shia was kind of doing everything. Um, he was like, you know, the, he the, was everywhere. Yeah, he was the go-to guy for stuff. You know, if you wanted a franchise, try it out with Shia. You know, Transformers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Films like Eagle Eye. You know, some were better than others. You know, right. I liked Disturbia, um, and it, it just didn't work. the The dynamic wasn't right. You had some great dynamics in the other Indiana Jones movies. This just didn't gel. Mm-hmm. A lot of it didn't gel, and the ending was perhaps one of the shittest ideas. I've ever. It was. Well, it wasn't a shit idea. It was a really lazy idea. I think a lot of filmmakers would go, "Oh, it was aliens." Mm-hmm. It's, you know, films like The Knowing with Nick Cage, bullshit. <laughs> terrible film. Yes. Terrible ending. Terrible premise. Um, and I think that was the biggest problem with the film. And I think you know, you you they've learned from that, and I think they're just going to keep it pure Indiana. So Stephen is back for redemption. That's what this is. This yeah, is the redemption actually, for for Indy Four, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think you have to have those names um, th- those names in there. People like Steven Spielberg, but someone's actually said on the uh, on the chat room, um, film nerd Jamie said that uh, no Lucas, um, which is a bit worrisome. Uh, his voice is needed to balance out the triangle, and I think. That's not an unreasonable point, to be honest with you, because if you are going to go back to core indie, I think you do need to have a lot of those original hands in it. And You think George Lucas is going to get involved in something called the Indiana Jones 5? I'm not Jones saying 5? put the guy in charge. I'm just saying it would be nice to have him I think perhaps that, consulted or in some way express well, ideas. Well, I think that he will be consulted just because I think Stephen and him are close and I'm sure Stephen will talk about this film with him at some point, and George will throw him an idea. Will he be officially credited as a consultant? I highly doubt it. Yes, I think that's fair. Um, it would be nice to see some of his fingerprints on the product, though. But it's it's like, you, you realize all these movies, by the way, guys, are shown... The filmmakers show them to one another, you know, whether it's Sean Penn showing Warren Beatty his new movie, or, oh. you know, whatever it may be. They're, like... These everyone gets together in these private screening rooms in Beverly Hills or Bel Air, wherever the hell they might be. Yeah, and they're giving each other notes. No, absolutely. It, well, I just think it would be quite nice to perhaps get the band back together, maybe in an official capacity. I don't. So again, I don't see the band getting back together. I don't see Shia LaBeouf in this movie. A lot of people hell have no. wondered that. Keep him that, away from that, it. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't think. Um, I didn't think when they brought Marion back for the last film. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would say don't do that. It's funny because someone I know, a friend of this podcast, um, and I can't say much about the idea, but had an idea to sort of reinvent the Indiana Jones franchise Mm -hmm. through a different character. And I I thought it was a brilliant idea. Um, But they're going with the tried and true formula of Harrison Ford with the hat and the whip. Mm Mm-hmm. And how old is he going to be in 2019 when uh, this thing finally comes out? 77? Uh, 197 or? years old, <laughs> I think, officially. But, I mean, do you know what? I think what the, this could be actually really helpful for, for, the, for the franchise is to actually have Harrison come back as Indiana and then deliberately set it up for some kind of spin-off, lay that path, rather than just going completely cold... And just doing a reboot and just, say, putting a Chris Pratt in there. It might be a quite an interesting way to, to do some sort of, you know, back and forth kind of thing in a, in a good way. Sometimes that doesn't work. But I think maybe that is an idea that's worth considering. But even... Um, I lost my train of thought. But, again, I'm indifferent to this. I'm not going to see Indiana Jones 5. I don't really care who they get in it. Yep. It's just not an interesting franchise to me. So I'm out. But you guys can enjoy... Uh, and I'm sure it'll make a lot of money. It, it, it's going to make a huge amount of money. I, I have no doubt about that. Doesn't necessarily mean it'll be good, a la Transformers. I know what the point was. It was like if Chris Pratt is, is in the movie, as mm-hmm. Deadline has sworn, has sort of predicted that he would be, mm-hmm. he's not going to be playing Indiana Jones, right? Unless it's like a dual-track narrative, like I think maybe Devin wrote. I don't know if it was Devin or Drew this week, but they sort of wrote how this is how you do Indiana Jones 5. Yep. And you have, like, a young Indiana Jones and then 
Harrison Ford sort of remembering back in the day. That would work. I, I guess that's how you would have Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and still get, a, get away with Harrison as Indiana Jones, all that. Anyways. Um, but big news nonetheless. So. Of course. Huge. Absolutely. Another gigantic dude, guys. But buy, buy Disney stock. Another gigantic movie for Disney yeah. that year. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 a surefire hit. You know, it's another of those films that Disney they just, literally, they if just they sat there with their fire. arms folded and didn't mention the film, it would do remarkably well. Um, they, they are yeah. on fire. Zeno hours with you um, saying we don't need another Indiana Jones movie, so you are not a lone voice. Yeah, but it's the like descent. that's that's because Indiana Four left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. Like, yeah, but also. That is true, but it can't get shittier, surely. <laughs> surely. You never you can, know, You folks. can only go so bad. Speaking of gigantic franchises, mm. let's skip over from Disney down to Culver City, from Burbank to Culver City, and we'll talk about Sony's Ghostbusters yes. stuff. You spoke to the Russo brothers, who are apparently off. They're, they're not involved with Ghostbusters at all, no. any project in that universe anymore. Tell us more. Okay, well, the story is there. There was talk about them doing um, a Ghostbusters movie. It was basically Paul Feig and uh, the Russo brothers. And they both had ideas, and they both went to Sony, and they were both in talks. But... Sony decided that they were going to go further down the road with what Paul had put on the table, which is what we're going to see in theatres this summer, than what was going to happen with the Russo brothers. Also, from what they said, it happened around the same time that they got handed a lot of this Marvel stuff. So Infinity they were kind of like, War. Yeah. And obviously they've got Captain America um, Civil War coming out this summer. and So they were kind of like, okay, well, we don't mind because we're going to step away because we've got all this Marvel stuff to get on with. So it was kind of like, let's, let's amicably... So it wasn't anything to do with their idea not necessarily being the better idea right. or a good idea it was really a case of Sony were, were going more with Paul at that time and they decided to go more Marvel but the, I thought that, that so- Sony was doing like a whole universe of films so it, like Paul's thing was its own thing yeah and this I don't know well, there could have been I a connection well. there may not have been but that like you know why can't they do this project four years from now well exactly I think I think they're not looking at that because they do have their hands full right and they certainly didn't say this but I wouldn't be surprised if what they're doing at the moment is hugely successful. They then get offered other roles within the Marvel Universe to play, whether that is writing, directing. You think that's what these guys want to do their whole careers? No, I don't I don't think so. Mm. But I think if you're really on a role and the option's there, it's an option that people would consider. I think any director, producer, etc., if you like working within that, you know, if the opportunity comes up, you might want to carry it forward. Mm-hmm. They might decide that after Infinity War, actually... That's a large part of their life. They want to go and do something else. Um, but currently, this is kind of taking up the all of, all of their time. Sure. They haven't even finished writing. They're Infinity Marvel's, I mean, yet. with Joss Whedon kind of stepping aside, yeah. they're kind of Marvel's Zack Snyder, yeah. you know? No, absolutely. But I, I say they haven't finished writing it. They're not actually writing it. But the, the process for Infinity War, it hasn't been finished writing. So that's going to take a little while before the cameras can even roll. Um, and there's there's a lot of stuff to get into those movies because, as they say in my, my article for Forbes... Um, Forbes.com. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you type in my name in the search bar, see my little bald head come up, and then that's my most recent piece. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they were saying that, you know, this is going to take out of mind, but they, they certainly didn't not want to do a Ghostbusters movie. It just wasn't the right time. And, and the idea from what we're led to believe is the fact that it was going to continue with male Ghostbusters... Um, don't know if it was the originals. Don't know if it was new um, cast in there at all. Um, but that was kind of the you know the angle that that was being certainly the, discussed. The, the Russo brothers one was maybe going to have Channing, right? Yes. Okay. That's what we were certainly led to believe I, by, okay. by online um, by but, the yeah. evil media. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's nothing to stop them going back to it. And if the Ghostbusters franchise does particularly well. You know, there's nothing to say that they can't go and take on that mantle and do that. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Feig might decide to do something that he's not done before and go and do a sequel. You know, he hasn't done that. Well, someone else. We'll see how committed Sony is to this franchise in about four months. Yeah. Because this I movie's going to open. And what if it doesn't open? What if it opens to Pixels numbers and everyone just... You know, the world greets it with a collective shrug. I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think it could happen. I'll put it that way. I don't think, like, Star Wars, that that could happen with Ghostbusters. It could. Yeah. I, it could happen. Could open to, like, 40 million. I think the thing that's going to stop 
it not being a massive success, I think, is people getting over the fact that it's women. Well, that shit's a different story. I mean, it, I it really is. I've never seen this that. kind of mis- misogyny when it c- comes to one franchise. Yeah. For no reason at all. The cast is really good. I'm excited about it. You should be excited about it. I am. Very much Um, so. Not you. The collective you. The listeners. (laughs) God damn it, Simon. Personally, Simon should be way more excited about the prospect of this Uh, You know what? You brought up something before the show that Hmm. you seemed excited about. I'd never fucking heard of it. Um, The Chronicles of Pradane? Yeah. I had never heard of the book, but I'm aware of what the book was based on. Uh, if you remember, 1985... The there book was a, is based on something? Uh, the book is based on... Oh, okay. The 1985 animated movie, uh, The Black Cauldron. Ah. Disney animated movie, I remember seeing it as a child, mm-hmm. didn't like it, wasn't exactly a massive money spinner for Disney, has kind of sat there for a while. This book inspired by that film, attached to that film, um, now Disney have decided they're going to make, or looking at making, a film. Based on the book. Based on the Their Disney movie. movie. <laughs> now, Disney do have a successful track very meta of making uh, movies based on their other properties. They're doing it again with Mary Poppins. They're bringing these things sure. back to life. So the decision that they're looking to do this is not a massive surprise in itself. I'm just wondering if the appeal of the Black Cauldron and something inspired by, based on, related to the Black Cauldron is really going to get people particularly excited at the box office because it's not a property that has much love right now. I love how you say property. Property. Um, hold on. So t- t- Take it away. It's not I like, have it's, to the, it's, not this like it's the email. Princess Bride. You know, where it has an emotional attachment, it has a relevance, it's a pop culture kind of thing. If you say to most people out there, the Black Cauldron, they won't know what you're talking about. It's not something that currently has a prominence in the Disney parks. Um, it's not something it used to, but they, they, they've kind of phased that out. The characters are not particularly well-loved, generally, outside hardcore Disney people. They're not particularly well-known, so it's not even if it's like, I think we can turn this into a movie and we can make a lot of merchandising money off the back of it. Um, it's interesting. So this might be something they're looking to go big on. It might be something as a, as a backboiler a la original Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, the, what if it's it like... Could be a sleeper I, I, what, if, yeah, what if it's like a mid-budget sort of thing? Like, I don't know what the budget is on Pete's Dragon. Obviously, they have to create a fucking yep. dragon, so yep. it could be expensive. But I don't get the idea that it's like some big blowout movie. Maybe that's all the kinds of movies that Disney makes these days, but... Yeah, I, 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 like, I'm, I'm curious what the budget is for Pete's Dragon, because I imagine it's lower than most. I would assume so. Same thing with, I mean, I would have thought the same thing about Finest Hours, and then you learn that they're taking a $75 million write-down on something like that, so. Um, I didn't see that. It didn't look that bad. Oh, I thought it did. Uh, I was quite interested to see it. All those Boston accents were awful. Anyways, I would have written up this Chronicles of Perdane news or whatever mm. uh, had I known that there was a black a black cauldron connection which i think is part of the problem because i saw chronicles of Perdane, my eyes glazed over because i was like this is fantasy nonsense essentially well i originally before i looked into it a bit more um thought it was you know trying to do something again with with narnia or narnia-esque material um (laughs) it's the town over yeah i'm just like ugh. well i mean the the narnia films they they obviously they they moved um you know, uh, from from studio to studio, um, and didn't really continue to get much love at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't terrible films; they just didn't get the love from the audiences. I think people got quite tired of them quite quickly. Um, and I figured it was going to be something like that. But I'm 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 curious about it. it certainly piqued my interest. It's curious. I, I, hello, Governor. I'm a little bit curious. I'm sorry, I, guys. The accent. I just <laughs> love this man's accent. I want. We should just switch bodies. Like one day, I, I just want to wake up as you one day. <laughs> oh, you'll be really disappointed, seriously. Um, um, movie Ace, though, um, on the chat has said that The Black Cauldron is an underrated Disney movie. It's quite dark for an animated movie, which is absolutely correct. Um, and then Sexy Beastmaster said Pete's Dragon sounds like a porno movie title. <laughs> okay, Sexy Beastmaster. We know where your mind is. Yeah. Um, uh, let's yeah. talk so, about some DC shit. Okay. Batman vs. Superman. Yep. Have you seen it yet? Have not seen it. Seeing it Tuesday night. I would love to see with, it. With the rest of the plebs. Have not been invited. Uh, yeah, well, it's tough. Don't take this one personally. They're being very 
I don't want to say difficult, but... Cards held close to chest. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have spoken to And there's different lines of thought, yeah, about why that may be. Uh, Yeah, they have been showing the movie this week to press. Yeah. There was a big junket on the lot at Warner Brothers yesterday. What is the word? Um, I'm probably going to get some hate for this. Hey, you're not invited. It's not like they can take the invite away from you. No, I'm I'm still, (laughs) despite what I've heard, I'm still curious to see it. Of course. Um, The feedback that I've heard from people who've seen it when I was at a couple of junkets yesterday Mm -hmm. um, was not that it's bad. But just that it's not very good. Oh, um, no. The, the but, worst thing you can do in a superhero movie, it's Well, people just say if you, bland, if you love Zack Snyder movies, then you're probably going to really enjoy it. Okay, well, I do. I say, like the Watchmen first a lot. Is, is great. Okay. So I think and I'm still really curious to see it. I want to see this film. The first hour of Man of Steel was really good, too. Yeah. And I so is is that is this a thing now? Zack Snyder can't close. Is it that he tries to do too like you know he, he he's great at building this story to a head and then it comes to a head and it's just a mess. Is it that or is it th- there's just there's too much either content or it's just too flabby? I don't know. I haven't seen it. It is two and a half fucking Many... hours, guys. I yeah. don't know why these movies need to be so long. I'm with I'm with my boy Josh Dickey on this one. Too long. There is there is the school of thought that if a film is is that long that you know you either can't nail the storytelling or there's just too much story in there and perhaps need to do some trimming. If you're a comic book movie over two hours and ten minutes, I'd say what the fuck are you doing? Well, I, so, I saw Hardcore Henry this week, which is ninety oh, minutes, and it's yeah, and that's airtight, right? Yeah. It, so tight you could stick a piece of coal in it and it would come out as a diamond I've I've showed the trailer to a few people this week because they didn't really get the concept I don't know how but uh like I'm trying to explain how you think that this gimmick is like that it's a gimmick and that it would get tired after 10 or 15 minutes Mm. it doesn't that's the magic of hardcore is that it is able to sustain a feature length uh, thing um but Anyways, Batman vs Superman early word has not been great, uh, from what I understand. No, but there there will be enough hardcore fans who will. There'll be enough people generally who will completely ignore that. I'm Reviews, one of them. This movie's review proof. It. it doesn't matter. Everybody's going to yeah. see it. No one's going to be like, oh, it's not good. And then there maybe are I won't be go. The section of those those fans who are just going to swear blind that it's the best film ever, which they're entitled to do, right? Um, no matter what. No matter what. Which is so weird. Where, like, where does this pathology come from? I don't. I, I've never had that. But there I'm are. I'm a people... Batman fan, and forget how the movie actually is. I'm going to cheerlead it. Yeah, but, you know, there are fans that feel that that's part of the loyalty, and that's absolutely fine for them it to is. do that. It mean, is. I mean, you can you can root for a movie, but, like, what if it's bad? Like, you can't... Are you going to deny your own opinion, essentially? I I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, so, I mean, fans, from what man. I heard, the word is not great, but I'm still really... In fact, if anything, that has made me want to see it more so I can have my own personal opinion on it. Well, uh, Warner Brothers and DC were also making moves. Mm-hmm. Outside of Batman and, and Superman, hiring Wonder Woman scribe Jason Fuchs to write Lobo. Now, I broke this story over at The Wrap. Uh, Jason obviously worked on Wonder Woman, which yep. uh, implies a certain confidence with his work on that film mm-hmm. to bring him back for another movie. I don't know um, if this is sort of indirect response to Deadpool, because I think Lobo does lend himself to an R-rated adaptation. Yep. Um, again, this is another one I don't have thoughts about either way. Like, if this trailer looks cool, great. If not, I don't know that I necessarily need to see it. I was researching the character for this article. It didn't didn't do anything for me. I don't really see inherently but, how it's a movie. but No, but I think some of the best comic book characters who've been turned into movies, not necessarily the biggest box office, I think can be some of the most interesting. I mean, I, I thought Ant-Man... Ant-Man was great. Well, I love the film. That's the best Marvel movie. I thought it was a shitty idea, but I, I love the film. Mm-hmm. Um, there are several other films within you know DC and uh, uh, Marvel that I thought were going to make great movies that didn't. True. Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought, was the worst idea yeah, ever. Yeah, that's something I, I didn't really get, and that was a lot of fun. Suck. It was brilliant. It was really great fun. Um, so I think sometimes the best characters to play with are the ones that people aren't really familiar with. And You're right. I think that's a great point, and I, and I guess I, I like that he's different, Lobo, that he's a bit of an anti-hero. Um, 
you know, Warner Brothers, I think, off-brand, like something like Jonah Hex, the, those kinds of comic book movies aren't haven't been great. Who released The Spirit? Was that Paramount or Fox? I don't know who oh, put out The Spirit. That was terrible. I don't know. But um, Lobo, man. Yeah. Who would you – Is uh, do you have any casting ideas or someone that you would like to see play him? People oh, really were like John no Cena – uh kevin durand he has to be like a big dude right yeah you know there's always the fallback hollywood's fallback is see if you can get someone like dwayne johnson to do it who i love he was going to do it and now he's doing shazam he's doing the black adam right yeah here's what here's who i think who still has his superhero eligibility okay fuck it joe manganiello that's not a ridiculous idea. He's a big dude. Warner Brothers has a relationship with him thanks to the Magic Mike movies. Yeah. He could pull off that kind of biker, badass biker look. And the right level of built up without being too ridiculously built up. I think that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, I just don't know that I well see done. John Cena being like, you know, going from wrestler to the, the problem with him is the fact that comic book movie. I like some of the action movies that he's done. I like the comedies. Yeah, but he's not the best actor. Yeah. And, you know, I just wonder if... The, I think to make that movie work, you'd have to have someone who actually can act. Please don't come in and kick my ass, John Cena. <laughs> um, but someone who's actually an actor and has the build, rather than having the build, and then you try to get them to act. Because in a big tentpole movie, if you have someone that can't really act in the lead role, you're going to get seriously hit for that. Uh, I just think yes, no, you yeah. are. Um, so yeah, who would you guys like to see play Lobo? Yeah, let us know in the comment section. Are, you, are we seeing any names, Simon? Uh, yes, we are not at the moment. Actually. I think we're, there um, may be a little lag. Joe so. was this close to being Superman. Snyder wanted him. Cena is the worst. That was from. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That was from Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Thank you, The Rock. Yeah. So um, there was other comic book news this week, but mm. not the good kind. Okay. As you could have guessed, as I should have known, problems with the crow again are at relativity. Yeah. Do you think it's ever going to see the light of day? Yes. I do think it's going to because, first of all, this morning, the breaking news, relativity has emerged from bankruptcy mm-hmm. this morning. Okay. Judge okayed the plan. So now they are free to release movies, make some movies. I don't know where they... they, they they said they raised $400 million this week in financing from some Canadian company whose partner includes Hayden Christensen's brother. Right. So, already a little shady. Are they sure it hasn't come in an email from an African prince who right, needs exactly. their help? Just saying. Um, so, Relativity has $400 million, uh, in air quotes. Uh, they have emerged from bankruptcy and yesterday there was a lawsuit from Ed Pressman, the mm-hmm. producer of The Crow, trying to get the uh, re- remake and sequel rights back. Yeah. The, now he the rights would revert back to him 3 years from when he last signed a deal with Relativity. Mm-hmm. That I think that's what the deal called for. 3 years from now if you haven't started production, Ed gets the rights back and can shop it again. Um I don't know when that contract was signed though. So I know that if they had started in March, like they had last told me that they would, mm-hmm. they signed Corin Hardy to a the director to a $150,000 holding deal with with production starting in March, which isn't happening. That would have fallen within the 3-year agreement. Right. So then now that they have been okayed, they definitely need to move quickly on it. The first step is going to be getting a new director because with Dana Brunetti coming in to take the creative reins of Relativity, they have fired Corn Hardy, mm-hmm. essentially saying we want Dana. You know, it's this is his studio now. Yep. We're going to pay attention to his vision and who he wants to direct this movie. So Corn Hardy is off. Is that good or bad? Do you have any thoughts on this? I'm a big fan of the original movie, The yep. Crow. Um, really good point, actually. From uh, again, from film nerd Jamie, uh, The Crow is just too connected to the tragedy. Which is true because obviously the lead actor died. Yeah, but that's all like the superstition that people say. I mean, Poltergeist is fucking cursed to that franchise. Twilight Zone, film that Jamie actually refers yeah. to as well. I, I like, I really like The Crow. I thought the sequels were were were, were turd. I didn't like the sequels at all. I um, liked number two except for the end. The end of number two was awful, but the rest of the movie I actually enjoyed. But I didn't love Vincent Perez. No. I mean, they could. I mean, he wasn't bad, but he was no Brandon Lee. I just think there are certain films that I, I just think 
you should just leave alone because if you do, you never lose that first film. I'm not one of those guys going, hey, you ruined the original. You haven't ruined the original. That's still there very much in its form. I think that was such a, a beautifully dark film. It was flawed, it's one of my favorite films. It's one of it. my like top ten films of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all it's, time, it's a superb movie with a kick-ass soundtrack as it's well. Perfect. Really, really remarkable piece of filmmaking. Um, it's the greatest comic book movie of all time, by the way. For any of for anybody wondering, okay, it's the greatest comic book well, movie. I'm glad of all you're time. on the fence about that one. So, uh, but, but this yeah, is but this isn't a conversation about whether I we just want it no. to happen or not because it is happening. It is going to happen. Relativity has already spent seven or eight million dollars developing this movie, and now that they, I mean, listen, they could have gone under, and then maybe I'd say it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But now that they're back, this is their the jewel in their stable. They are going to focus their attention on it. Who would you like to see direct or star? I was really excited when Luke Evans was attached to star in it. I like Luke Evans. I think he's a great actor. I, I, I really enjoy him. I think he hasn't had so many roles that have really suited him. I think he's so wrong. far. I think. He, I mean, I don't think he's the worst choice I've heard, but I think he's wrong. Just having seen that Dracula movie, he can't do it. You see, he's better I, in support. That's fair. I don't think Dracula Untold was necessarily the best vehicle for him. I think that was too much for him. I don't think he really grew into that. But I think we're going to see him very differently after. I've got friends that have been working on Beauty and the Beast. They were filming that in the UK. I think Beauty's going to be amazing. he is exemplary in that. Yeah, I didn't know he could sing. Um, I think Beauty and the Beast is going to be fantastic. His background is theatre. He was part of the um, the Avenue Q troupe Mm -hmm. back in in the UK. Yeah, I didn't know this. Yeah. So he does have a background in that. High Rise, I hated, but he was the best thing in it. He was he played a supporting character in yep. Ben Wheatley's High Rise, um, and I, I think he's in Free Fire, Ben Wheatley's next film, which yeah. I'm looking forward so to. I've got a love hate relationship but, with Ben Wheatley's movies. Yeah, no, me me too. I don't yeah. I don't think he's the next coming by any means. Uh, but yeah, Luke Evans, I didn't love. I actually thought, you know, at one point I reported that Hiddleston was would was going to do it. I actually don't think he would be bad. Is he a bit? He's a little too old. old. I yeah. think so too. He's certainly not old, but for the character. Yep. But who's coming Jack up? Jack Houston, then? who we're going to talk about later yes. in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Houston was attached, and that was my fucking nightmare. <laughs> Do you not like him? Like I said, we'll talk about him later in the okay. show. But uh, n- n- no is the short answer. <laughs> okay. Um, so I don't. I'm trying to think like who would be perfect. Taylor Kitsch interests me. Okay. Because, you know, he has just has this sort of face that reminds me of Brandon Lee a little. You need someone who can have, like, this long, stringy black hair. For me, the hair is really a lot of it in seeing The Crow. Yeah. But, you know, I'll tell you who I think actually would be good. And I can't remember his name, but he came up in conversation yesterday. He plays the villain in Hardcore Henry. He's oh. an Eastern European actor. He well, plays the villain Arkan. <laughs> I was like, well, that's never going mean, in Well, no, but he is seriously, seriously good. He was good. I mean, I, I dig the, the villain in Hardcore yeah, Henry. Yeah, he's really, and I think he would be superb, but yeah. he's not I, a I, name. I like put myself on the spot here. I don't want to commit to a name of who I would back for The Crow. I've got to think about that one. So, what, what, jo- Jonah Hill? Yes. Jo- Jonah, give it to Jonah Hill. We'll get we'll get back to you yeah. guys on that one. But let's okay. Let's talk about Jack Houston then. The trailer for Ben Hur came out this week. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I actually had a conversation about this um, with some of the guys at, at Paramount recently. I'm hopeful for Ben Hur. Mm-hmm. I'm not a massive fan of the original film. I know a lot of people consider it a classic. I'm not the, the world's biggest fan of Ben Hur. I'm just very interested to see what they're going to do with it. I don't think the trailer does it justice. Maybe I'm being over-hopeful. I don't know. Slightly misguided. It does intrigue me. I actually had... It doesn't make it look brilliant. I had hopes for this film, talking to some people who had worked on it, uh, knowing what Timor was trying to do, and I actually think his aesthetic can be interesting at Mm. times. Um but that trailer did very little to inspire me. It looks like the next God's Egypt. I think people have moved on from the sword and sandals thing, unless it is like a big prestige gladiator type thing, you know, with Russell Crowe. No, you're Jack right. Houston, I mean, you know, Devin mentioned in this in his write-up of the trailer, that haircut? He looked like he just got out of a fucking supercuts <laughs> and got on the back of a chariot. He looks so modern. Yeah. But, you know, you say audiences are over that stuff. 
and I agree with you on that respect, that doesn't change the fact that a lot of studios have got a shitload of money tied up in these movies. Yeah. That they can't just go, oh, fuck it, let's put it on Blu-ray. They've, they've got to release these movies. I mean, sure, God's they should have been making... Getting... I don't think anyone should have been making Ben-Hur to begin with. No, but this is... This, with Jack Houston. But you know as well as I do, this happens in Hollywood. Someone goes, oh, let's... Oh, this movie's being good. Let's all do that movie. And it does happen in Hollywood. And you know, Gods of Egypt isn't even getting a UK release. It's going straight to DVD there. That's how bad it did. And that cost a lot of money to make. And I think it's just a case of, well, they're, they're really hoping that this is going to be something a bit different out there this summer. And it is different. There's not a lot out there like it this summer. But it's whether audiences will come on board. There's a lot of movies that people thought were going to get audiences on board. I think Point Break was something that people were going to get on board with. That was another horrible miscalculation where it was like... Horrible! The day day one that was announced, I was like, Alcon, what are you thinking? Yeah, If you're going to remake Point Break, you can't do it with those two people. Yeah, no, absolutely. You can't make that movie with Edgar Ramirez and Luke Bracey. To get an idea of what the audience is saying... Just like you can't make this with Toby Kebbell and Jack Houston, you can't do it. Ben-Hur being put by film nerd Jamie in the same category as Tarzan. Who is it made for? Um, Tarzan, it's gonna, dude. First of all, Tarzan's David Yates, and I do actually have maintain hope for Tarzan. Yep. Um, Fair. I mean, it's got Sam Jackson, Christoph Waltz, Margot Robbie. Like, I really like that cast. This cast, this cast sucks. <laughs> ben Hur's cast sucks. Um, Morgan Freeman, who I typically love, but has also done a lot of shit. Yeah. That haircut. Again, who is the hair person for Ben-Hur? Ugh, piss me off. But I don't know who's to blame for that, whether that's the studio or whether that's Morgan Freeman's agent by the fact that he's very slowly, well, not so slowly, actually, getting into the Bruce Willis 50 Cent thing of like, oh, we've got a script. Yep. Yep. Yep, I'm in. Do you know what it's about? No. <laughs> Sign me up. Ben Herman. I'm already on set. I'm taking this call on set. We'll we'll see. We'll yeah. see about that one. I, I'm I'm still hopeful. I'm looking forward to seeing other footage, and I'm happy to change my opinion. Always happy to do that, but I am curious about it. So um, I, I'm hopeful, but it did it didn't excite me. If I'm really honest, what else was going on this week? Uh, there were some Star Trek. Star Trek's going to undergo reshoots. Yeah. Shora Agdashlu, yeah. who I really like, actually, is uh, joining the cast. I like the Star Trek movies. She brings some gravitas that I yeah. think that these movies lack. Well, we know that Simon Pegg, a couple of months ago, when the first trailer came out, was saying, actually, he wasn't particularly happy with that trailer. There's more to the film. Right. So I think there is a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that they are really working to make it work. And he was obviously involved in the script, right? Let's, let's be serious. Do we really think that this movie is going to be any good? This franchise is not good. This franchise is not good. You see, I take that point on board. I actually really enjoy the Star Trek movies. I was disappointed with the last one. I loved the first one. And I, God knows I'm not a massive Chris Pine fan. I, I don't enjoy him as an actor that much at all. You know, the very few things he's done that I've actually genuinely enjoyed. But... I do like the Star Trek movies, and it is something that I'm genuinely looking forward to this summer. First one was fine in, like, a, the first Transformers was fine kind of way. Maybe a little bit better. Mm. Um, and I did like Chris Pine in that first film. But I've never... I haven't gone back to that first film. The Eric Bana villain, that didn't work for the me. Villains, Number the two villains, sucked. I think, are the weakest part of the franchise. And, and, the, and the villain in this movie is what excites me. I think that Idris Elba... Who, although he's unrecognizable, seemingly could be really interesting if he is, in fact, the villain. Who knows? Yeah, we'll find out. But I mean, I think the last film was very much spoiled by the "is he or isn't he" Khan thing. He was clearly. Yeah, Khan I think from the day me- one. the media has blown that up. I mean, uh, but I, I didn't need. I knew he was Khan, so I didn't need to like play that game in my head. I agree that the movie may have suffered for trying to keep it a secret, but, like, I think that the press has made that a bigger deal as to why that movie didn't work. Like, because of the marketing? No, I think I think that's that's fair. But I think a lot of it was from an audience point of view. People going like, oh, God, I hope the villains can't. I hope the villains can't. Oh, the villains can't. And it's kind of like you give the audience what they want, and then they're still a little bit disappointed. It was not a great movie. It was not a solid enough follow-up to the first one. So I think Paramount are 
probably a little bit nervous about this, but also thinking... I'm sure, I'm that, sure I think, they are. I think I Paramount's think that's always why nervous. they've taken it away from the formula of the previous two movies. We'll, we'll, we'll bring up a, a so, point about Paramount in, okay. in, uh, shortly. But I, I'm, um, I'm a Star Trek fan. I am genuinely looking forward to it. You're not worried about these reshoots, right? It's probably a planned sort of thing. Many films have had lots of reshoots. And yeah. many films that we know have Paramount been delayed and moved around. And they've turned out to be actually far... I mean, Christ, how many times would Mad Max Fury Road moved around? Right. Several times. So just because a film is moved or there are reshoots doesn't mean that it's going to be a horrendous Yeah, I wasn't crash. concerned about the reshoots do, either. But no, I, I don't think reshoots are a big deal. And speaking of Star Trek, Simon Pegg joining mm. Ready Player One. Yeah. Steven Spielberg's movie over at Warner Brothers based on the Ernie Klein novel. He's going to play the co-creator of The Oasis, this virtual utopia of sorts um good to see simon pegg and spielberg reunite after tintin i think so i like simon pegg i mean i i interviewed him many many times um and he's a genuinely talented and great guy. i thought you were simon pegg when i met you i get confused some with him sometimes um i have actually been confused for him and when i had hair I used to be for like a uh, uh, daniel radcliffe because I had glasses and I'm English. Oh my God, you're Harry Potter. I'm not Harry Potter. <laughs> That's really racist. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Simon Pegg, I think it, it, he, Simon Pegg is a guy who, again, has had a lot of hits and a lot of misses. Mm. I think the best film that he's done in the last couple of years was um, Man Up, which was a rom-com that uh, was released in cinemas in the UK. It's the late in, Bell film, right? Yeah, absolutely. And written by um, uh, the brilliant Tess. Um and she's a fantastic screenwriter, by the way. She's working on some new stuff, which I'm very excited about. Uh, but Tess Morris wrote that film and brought the best out of Simon Pegg. It was a brilliant script, and it was a brilliant dynamic with Lake Bell. Didn't really do the box office that it should have done. That's happened with quite a few of his films, but yeah. a lot of his not-so-good films have gone on to do, you know, okay to good box office. I mean, some of the films he's done with, with Edgar Wright, I love Hot Fuzz, I love Shaun of the Dead. Right. World's End was not as good. Uh, and I think when he's played some bit parts in movies like Mission Impossible, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with those. Oh, I like, it, I his, like, I like his Benji in Mission Impossible, which is why I was excited about this casting. Yeah. I like Simon Pegg in support. Um, yeah. I think it's, I, I, yay, thumbs I think, up. I think Spielberg, cool. as we saw from Tintin, does bring something out in him that I think he can he can work with and he can really have fun with. Yeah, I just I'm keep expecting for this Ready Player One. Pumped for it. He's not had his best role yet. And I'm very keen. He came close with it, with Man Up, but I'd really like to see him push that up a bit. Going back to Star Trek, not a massive fan of his Scotty. Oh, okay. So, oh. not a massive fan. I don't know whether that's because the character's not particularly well-developed or as developed as I'd like to see it. Um, might change with him, obviously, having a writing hand in, in Beyond. Um, but we'll see. But no, I mean, I, I, I like Simon Pegg. I like his work. So, yeah, I, and Spielberg. I've always been, who isn't a Spielberg fan? Hey, again, a director who's done some shit. No, I, you know, I, love, not, I love Steven. He's not um, infallible. True, true. Uh, Warner Brothers remaking Cannonball Run. Do you give a shit? No. No, me neither. I, I didn't grow up on the Cannonball Run movies. I have no allegiance to them, whatever. No, they were recently showing at the New Beverly, actually. Um, there was that Smoking the Bandit. Um, and I just I just think that is, is gone. I don't know why Hollywood suddenly decided that they want to do that. Sometimes those sort of ensemble chased type movies, um, the chase movies, don't really work. And I not, we've seen that in the last couple of years where they've tried to, you know, reinvigorate that genre. And people, you know, everything from things like Rat Race and right. Dukes of Hazard, which are lots of people driving around in cars and chasing, unless you're talking about Fast and Furious, which is a different type of film. It's, it's hit and must with audiences, and I'm not, not sure. But I, I think that they could do it work. that way, actually. I think if they made it a little Fast and furious -y. But then we've got Fast and Furious, which well, I don't, But love. it wouldn't necessarily be car... I mean, I, th I don't know. I, I think that there's a cool way that they could do a movie like that. Guy Ritchie was once upon a time going to direct a Cannibal Run remake. Yeah. Um, this is this is actually not being called a, a remake. It's sort of a reiteration, a reinterpretation almost of. Okay. It's just being called Cannonball. I don't know. It's not the worst idea. I think. Oh, you know, no, there are far worse ideas, but I just don't. I don't know who that's. I'm not someone who's like keep your hands away from Cannonball Run. That's a classic. No. So, uh, whatever. Let's see. There were some trailers this week. Yeah. There were some cool trailers. There's a new X-Men trailer. 
You see, I haven't watched that one. Okay. Because I'm really concerned. I, I kind of stopped watching trailers a little bit before the I film comes out. I don't blame you. Because there's so much, and again, I discussed this with the Russo brothers this week, um, that there's too much that gets put out there sometimes. And then when I go and see the film, I'm, my, I'm just a little bit disappointed because some of the best bits I have already seen. Right. And especially with this kind of genre of film, same with Batman versus Superman. I've stopped watching those trailers now because I don't want all the really good bits that should have great power when you go and see the film to just be diluted. I want to go in there a little bit fresh. So I haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, it, it scares me a little, this movie. I mean, I didn't like the last a one. Lot of, no, I, it I left hated, me bitterly disappointed. I hated the last one. And I'm an X-Men fan. Uh, me too, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, Christ, but, I still love some of the Wolverine movies. But That's, yeah, there's just so many know. fucking characters. I mean, it, it looked like there was some cool stuff in there, and I am very curious about Oscar Isaac's uh, Apocalypse, but uh, I can't say. None of these trailers are like living up to the Suicide Squad trailer. That's sort of the gold standard as far as blockbuster trailers have gone for me in the past year. And the feeling that I'm getting is is that that is where a lot of people are going. This is going to be the one that is possibly one of the, to the layman, one of the least known superhero franchises. And yet it's going to be up there with, I think, the freshness of Guardians of the Galaxy. Suicide Squad's going to do fucking incredible. It looks so good. It looks just so buy tight. stock in individual movies. Um, yeah. There was a trailer this morning, which I, I, I don't think that you've seen yet either, called uh, for In the Shallows. No, I haven't seen that. Uh, but there were I, comments I it about cool. that on, on the chat. So, Well, um, In the Shallows was a script I've, I've paid attention to for a while. Um, you think it was called In the Deep at one point? Mm-hmm. I think that's what was the original title. But it's just like, it's a, it's a one-on-one movie with a, a girl who's sort of stranded 50 yards from shore, uh, and it pits her against a shark. So it's sort of like trying to be the new Jaws. Um, I don't know. There's something about these kinds of movies that terrify me. Did you see Open Water? Yeah, I did. Did you like it? I did. I did like it. There were a spate of movies about people being yes. Stuck, there's a few of those movies water. around that time. Yeah. Um, and that was possibly probably the most effective of all of them. Yeah, I thought Open Water was terrific. Um, this may be the sort of Hollywood studio version of Open Water, but uh, I don't know. Blake Lively. I won't dismiss her entirely because I mm-hmm. thought she was very good in the town. I really haven't. I'm not that familiar with a lot of her work. This is a lot to ask of an actress, and this was a coveted role amongst actresses, although. I know. I mean, I know a few who pass, like the really AA list ones. But uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to this. And and the trailer was very simple, simple yet elegant. Okay. Um, it wasn't like in your face the actually way I thought it would be. Yeah. There's kind of it's like an elevated thriller. It's kind of tasteful. Uh, I'll be curious as to well, your thoughts kind once of, you give it. That's one of the reasons that Jaws. We'll bring it up after the show. Okay. Cool. We'll have a look at it. But I think that's one of the reasons that Jaws, which obviously any water-based shark animal film is going to be related to in some way, or certainly compared to. Um, that was one of the sweetnesses of Jaws, was the fact that it had this heightened level of tension. You know, this simplicity to right. it, which is exactly why it worked. Um, We've got about ten minutes left in the show. Okay, let's talk about um, Heathers. Heathers! Tell us more. Yeah, um, Heathers... For those of you that know, it's uh, it's a a classic film starring uh, Winona Ryder and Christian Slater about a bunch of girls, and Christian Slater plays the outcast. Um, It's a great movie. It's very much a movie of its time, and it's become... It wasn't a massive hit when it was in theatres, but it's gathered this massive... It's a cult classic. Yeah, it's a cult classic. If you haven't seen it, it's really worth checking out. Like so many movies of around that time, it is now going to be... The idea is to turn it into a TV show. So basically a pilot script has been ordered. I love Heathers. I do enjoy, you know, glutton for punishment sometimes, um, how some of these TV shows get turned into TV series. It's happening with things like Cruel Intentions. So it's not a new idea at all. It's been going on for quite a while. I think a key part of that success will be the cast that of they course. have in place and who as, they as get. every TV show really is. Yeah, but I think with this, because Winona Ryder and Christian Slater were so distinctive, and we don't know which way the show is going to go yet, so it's literally a pilot script confirmed. Sure. Let's do it. So whether they're going to do uh, like the original film or whether they're going to have characters from the original film or whether it's going to be the children of the original characters or how they're going to do it, mm. it will be really interesting to see which way they take it. 
it's a really dark and quite complex film that I think there can be some really interesting things that could be done around it. Um, whether they do it as a multiple series type show or whether they do it as a six piece one off series as an extension of the film. I think that might work really well. I think rather than dilute it too much over series, mm-hmm. um, I think it would be quite quite fun, and it would be a really nice addition to a lot of those dark shows that are out there at the moment. As long as they don't take it too light and make it like a Sweet Valley High type thing. I um, uh, I've seen Heather's. I saw it when I was a teenager. That was okay. I, you know, okay to good. Mm. I didn't love it. I have no real affinity for it. Uh, I see it better as a TV series, not as a limited. Um, and the only way I'm paying attention to this fucking thing is if Winona Ryder's in it. Yeah. It's it's a film that's worth revisiting. If she's like a teacher or headmistress or something like that. or Yeah. I mean, some returning cast would be good. I mean, obviously, you know, Christian Slater after Mr. Robot. Well, yeah, he is busy. But, you know, even if it's like a, not a, a, you know, a role in every single episode, would, would it be a bad thing? Well, I love Christian Slater, and there should be a TV show based on his movie Cuffs. Yes! I fucking Another love Cuffs. massively underrated Christian Slater movie. Um, Gleaming the Cube, so not so much. Heather's on TV. Uh, God. <laughs> Other short bits. Uh, Nate Parker is going to write a movie about disabled wrestlers based on a memoir by ESPN producer Lisa Fenn. It's called Carry On. Okay. Uh, it's, you know, one, one wrestler was blind, one wrestler had no legs. The blind wrestler would carry the other wrestler with no legs to practices and meets on his back. And they these guys went on to be very successful wrestlers. Um, kind of sounds like, and I believe uh, that they're African-American. So I think that they, um, I think it sounds like an, in, in, an interesting story, an inspirational sports film. It's an interesting will. story, and it does sound inspirational. My worst fear is that is that they try to make it comedic. I think that there will would be like that sort of comedic. This is a drama. This is a drama. Yeah, yeah. But as long as they don't take it too much towards the let's let's do some stuff for laughs, where it gets borderline uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't know. Nate Parker, uh, always always good to see him getting jobs and putting his. Stamp on things. The BFG appears to be headed to Cannes, potentially. That's Interesting. some of the reports that we're hearing from overseas. Uh, I broke a story this week about Garrett Headland potentially starring in The Alienist, Carrie Fukunaga's TNT series. See, he's another really actor cool. I don't think we've seen the best from. I agree. Uh, I, think I think that he's had a tough time yeah. of it, actually. Um, but he his best stuff is on the way. Uh, and, you know, I was hard on Garrett in my article because I was mentioning some of his recent films uh, that have not worked. Studio films like Pan and Unbroken, indies like Mojave and Lullaby, I, you know, On the Road I Hated. And even though he was in Inside Lewin Davis, which every most people loved, mm. I actually didn't like Lewin Davis at all. So, okay. like, he doesn't really have any points with me. But he's in Ang Lee's Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, which okay. I think could be really special this year. Mm-hmm. That could be a real awards contender, and he's in Steven Soderbergh's new HBO thing with Sharon Stone called like Mosaic. So very two very interesting projects that could. Yeah. He has a lot riding on these. Um, but and if the Alienist makes, I think it's just a good call for him. I think that's going to be a big TV series. So no, that could, that could be really. He may work better on the small screen, and then he, you know, a lot of people go go that route. Yeah, and then come back to you know they star in movies after rebuilding the brand a little on on tv um talking about rebuilding brands mm -hmm. and this is going back to to my russo brothers piece this week they talked about post robert downey jr iron man um and a very interesting thing was saying that actually if they do decide to recast iron man if if iron man faces a demise in one of the upcoming films that they would rest it for a generation, or, or the character should be rested for a generation, and then brought back in a completely new way. Hmm. So I think that kind of thing, when you've got you know a brand that you're looking to do, is not really the worst idea. There's a couple other uh, bits and bulbs here. Yep. Uh, Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer to star in Guillermo del Toro's Cold War drama. Yep. I have no idea what this is about, no. and I think I'll reserve judgment until I get a log line of some kind yeah i don't know 
I can't picture a Cold War drama with Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer. I don't know what the entry point is there. I guess the only thing we can discuss at this point is, do you like those two actresses, and do you like the idea of Guillermo doing a Cold War film? A smaller, budget, more intimate thing. I'm I'm certainly not against that idea, because a couple of his most recent films I, I really haven't gelled with. Yeah. Um, I didn't like Pacific Rim. No, you know, me I'm, neither. I I just and it was a hundred hundred times better than Crimson Peak yet. Well, which I still, I've yet hated. to see Crimson Peak. Um, I'm going to wait till that comes on on Netflix. I don't really want to spend any money on. I that. couldn't stand it. Yeah, I, that's a, a lot of people had a very similar feeling. It was kind of a wasted opportunity. Some people loved it. Don't get me wrong. It was in yeah. top ten list and shit last year. It was not like a, a movie that was just universally panned. But what was that movie he did with Katie Holmes as well? The one about the um, yeah he didn't direct that, but it was Don't yeah. Be Afraid of the Dark or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, is it don't was it is that what it's called? Don't be afraid of the dark. No, that doesn't sound right. No, something's in the dark. Don't I don't know. Um, but I mean, what was the last film that we both think was a really good film for Del Toro? I he mean, only has one. It's called Pan's Labyrinth. Um, he's got other films that were good. Yeah, it was Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not a big Guillermo guy. I mean, I like his his Spanish language stuff. Yeah. I like Devil's Backbone. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a Hellboy guy. I'm not, I'm not into his English, English language stuff. This actually sounds like the most intriguing mm. English language project that he has done. Uh, and those are two both really good actresses, Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer. So I am curious about what he's putting together. Mm. I, you know, I've, I've still got hope and love for him. I, I, like you say, I would like to see an English language film that he's done that, that really does knock my socks well, off. This really... is not, you know, a big budget thing like maybe this is the right way for I him. think maybe. this is going to be more my speed um but some of you know as we just discussed some of his best work is not his biggest budget right I mean, exactly things like pans are not small that's, budget what, that's what i'm saying i don't yeah. like his big budget stuff i'm looking forward to this even though he has let me down the past few films because it is not that yeah uh we have a few more minutes i saw did you see any movies this week I sadly didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely curious to see um, Allegiance. You're the goddamn movie press. I know. And hey, don't blame me. You're blame also the, the only person who's ever sat there who has even expressed any interest whatsoever in Divergent and that series, Allegiance. I, I'm I not... like that and Maze Runner. I mean, they're certainly not great movies, but I'm, I quite enjoy Ooh. watching them. Who am I sitting next no, to? No, I'm not. I'm saying they're not great movies, but I just still, I mean, the second uh, Scorch Trials, Maze Runner. Dude, I see 200 movies a year, and if you think I have time to see a Divergent movie, you're crazy. Uh, I am not seeing I'm, any I'm of gonna, those films. I'm I will never see any of those. In a room. No, I'm not going to. That's a cruel. I saw th- uh, two movies last night. I mm. saw Holidays, a, ho- a horror anthology. I'll talk about a little bit more about that next week. Okay. Uh, needless to say, I really like Kevin Smith's segment um i saw the preppy connection last night okay which was a you know it was decent for a 6.99 itunes rental and i saw zootopia this week did you see that i have not seen that because even though i've heard great things it just doesn't inspire me to go and see it at all um i again i asked for screening uh, for that one but um it was good dude i mean it's doing serious i had no interest in it either i skipped a couple of screenings uh early you know word was great it Mm. had like a 99 percent round rotten tomatoes i checked it out this week um it was definitely good for a kids movie and there's a scene at the dmv which is run by sloths yeah i don't think i've laughed harder in a theater in years legitimately Maybe I should check that out then. I was laughing like a fucking hyena. I was was embarrassed um, at at how much I was laughing. Uh, I can't tell you what the film was, but I laughed so hard at a dick joke in a movie this week that it actually echoed around the... No, uh, it was a different film. I still can't believe I went to see that. Um, But yeah, I laughed so hard at this particular dick joke. I'll ask you afterwards. It echoed around the auditorium. Um, this week I did I did set a new and we're going to end the show with a, a, a very brief discussion of screening room because we really have run out of time. Sure. Um, but I did want to say I had my most successful tweet this week. Okay, and it um, and it's and it's kind of embarrassing. So I tweeted that Harry. We talked about Harry Styles. He's going to be joining Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Yep. Um, he, I tweeted about how he will likely ninety nine percent sure have to get a haircut for this movie. You know, like, he's going to be playing, I believe, a young soldier, most likely. (laughs) The military back then did not have long, flowing locks. Yeah. Uh, So I tweeted that he's going to have to get a haircut. 6,000 retweets and 6,000 likes. So if you guys need to drum up traffic 
when you're on your site. Tweet about Harry Tweet Styles. about Harry Styles getting a... Write stories about Harry Styles' fucking hair. I How mean, much hate did you get from One Direction fans? Oh my God, you can't cut his hair off. Oh, it was so un- the, the replies were unbelievable yeah. this week. Um, it's just like, it's crazy. I work so hard to break news, Yeah. right? And if you like take my 10 best stories and add yeah. them up, they won't even come close to the 6,000 retweets <laughs> and favorites. It's just like everything you're doing is all for naught unless you're writing about Harry's hair. Um, so we're going to close the show with just a very brief discussion of Screening Room, a service uh, that has torn Hollywood apart, uh, being backed by two individuals, one of whom is Sean Parker, yep. who co-founded Napster and basically destroyed the music industry in the process. Screening Room proposes 50, you get you pay $150 for a set-top box that is encrypted with uh, anti-piracy technology. Yep. Then you would see movies, big movies, like, the new, like Batman vs. Superman, the day that it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, for a 48-hour rental for $50, would you do it? No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't use... So forget the implications for the industry. As a user, as a consumer, you wouldn't use that service? I wouldn't because, I mean, I, I don't tend to download a lot of... I stream stuff on Netflix and stuff like sure. that. But if I want to go and see... And we see, get invited to free shit too. Yeah, but. yeah. Not as much as we'd like. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't. If I'm going to go and see Batman versus Superman... I want to go and see it on the biggest screen with the best sound. And I want to experience it with an audience, mm-hmm. whether it's critics or whether it's everybody else. That's how I want to see that movie. I, I have a great TV and a sound setup at home, but it's not going to be the same as experiencing the movie in that way or the way that the director would have intended it. So it will eventually cost me over a month. Things like movie pass and stuff like that, you can do it for cheaper. But no, I, I just wouldn't you swap wouldn't that it. experience... Even though it would save me a so shitload it's not, of money. So it's not the... Pr- but would it save... It would not save you a shitload of money. I'm confused. Wait, I'm confused. It, so it's not about the money for you. It's that you just like it's the, about, the theatrical I like, experience. I like going to the theater. I like going to the movie theater, and, too. I can't, sw- I can't get that at home. But, like, this week, my roommate and I, we went to see Zootopia. We, I probably would have bought that movie for $50 at home and watch it home with him. Um... So to me, it's not about the money. I would actually pay fifty dollars for certain movies, especially if I'm going to have watch them with one or two or three people, or you know, have some kind of party. Mm. I w- I would use this service as you know, objectively thinking. I just think it's a bad idea for the business. Yeah. You so now let's talk about and that. You think, you think it's a bad idea for the business? Idea. I think it's a bad idea for business, and I don't think cinema goers or film fans are going to get the best experience. And I think that will affect what people think about a film. It's like, do studios care? Do fans care about the experience that they're getting? Because look, they're pirating these movies, low quality copies of these movies, and watching them. Millions of people are watching and, them. Yeah, so absolutely. I don't think that fa- and I, personally, I don't care when I get a, a screening link. Yep. To like a TV show, that yep. quality is never as good as when the show actually debuts. But, you, yeah, but, but I watch it anyways. But talking about piracy, I care about the story. Yes. So some people don't won't, especially on the indies, they won't care. But these people who pirates, let's use Batman versus Superman as an example. Somebody gets a shitty copy of Batman versus Superman on right. whatever site. Uh, don't do it. It's very illegal. Don't. It's very naughty. Right. Um, but. You know, those are not the people who are going to go, oh, well, I'm going to go and pay it in the theatre right. or I'm going to pay $50 to have it at home. They don't want to pay for it full stop. So right. they're just going to steal that shit. It, so they're not going to be the ones who buy into that. I don't trust the anti-piracy technology. I'm It has not been explained to me. And I want to reserve a little judgment because I think I'm going to be talking to someone involved with Screening Room later today. I think I'm going to get the sort of download on what the actual plan is because we don't. You know, I haven't been part of the pitch. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the presentation myself. So it's hard to judge because we're just going off drips and drabs of what we heard. The other part of this, though, is the how it has divided Hollywood and directors. And yep. you have James Cameron and Christopher Nolan on one side saying this is a bad idea. Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, people like that. Peter Jackson on the other side. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. I, I'm really not surprised, um, to be honest with you. I, I, I think it... There are certainly there are two schools of thought when it comes to making money in Hollywood and stuff like that. But I think there are also directors who are kind of like, okay, James Cameron, he'll want you to see his next 
seven Avatar movies. Right. Obviously, there aren't going to be seven. He wants you to go to the theatre and see that. He wants you to go to the theatre twice, three times, four right. times, see it with your friends, see it with your kids, see it with your mum, whatever. He doesn't want you sitting at home, getting all your friends around and watching it for $50 on an inferior screen in that kind of environment. He's going to lose out, you're going to lose out because you're watching that environment. You know, I, I just don't think it's a good idea. And the whole issue of piracy as well is the fact that, yes, there will be anti-piracy stuff on there that stops you ripping the movies off and just putting them online. But at the moment, there are still people doing that anyway, getting discs and putting stuff online in high quality. So whether that box has got security, people are still going to pirate it there. So, and I think that's what directors are really worried of. I just don't know how Steven Spielberg... Who has all the money in the world? Like, mm -hmm. is this really about the economics of the industry? Is this about these guys trying to make money for themselves? They sense that this could be the new thing, and so they want to get in early. Like, I just can't imagine if Steven Spielberg said to some eight-year-old kid, hey, you're going to see my new movie this week? You're going to see the BFG when it opens? And they're like, yeah. Oh, which theater are you going to see it in? I'm going to watch it in my living room. I can't imagine that Steven Spielberg would think that's a good idea. No. But And yet he's... That's what he is proposing. And so like, I'm just waiting for like someone, maybe not Spielberg, maybe it'll be nobody, to flip-flop, to come to their senses mm. and be like... Because the artists who work on these films, they are not sound mixing for your living room. No. You know, like I, I and if you've got a, if you've I'm got a, shocked that Stephen is among those endorsing, and I really am. But we've seen this kind of division in the industry before when it comes to HD disc and Blu-ray disc, where some people are like we're going to back HD studios have done this. We're going to go with this disc, and the others are going to go with that disc, and then they've all ended up. We've seen it with VHS and Betamax. I think this is another case where it's either going to go, yeah, this is a format that's going to work, and everyone's going to go, we're going to have to get on board, or we're just going to miss the train on this mm -hmm. one. Or it's not going to work, and everyone's going like, well, we're already not involved with it, so it's no skin off our nose. And everyone else is kind of like, well, eh, we took a chance. Hasn't cost us any money, so we're just going to get off that gravy train. What's the verdict? Do you think that this will happen? I think it'll happen. Do I think it'll be successful? Uh, no, I don't think it'll be massively successful. No. In the same way that Tidal, you can't just put an Apple radio, you can't just put it out there and people are going, to, oh, yeah, I'm going to get on board with it. I don't think. But when think... you say it won't be successful, like, I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, how do you, once you go, but there's no going back. I don't think you can make this move and then go back from it. People will still have these set top boxes that they paid for. Yeah, they're expecting but that's content before. on People they're... are sitting there with Laserdisc players. I mean, you're, that's, hey, good point. Good point. You know, people are still buying VHS machines. And AMC's interested. Apparently, Paramount's interested. Yeah. Disney will have nothing to do with this idea. NATO, the you know, the theater owners will have no idea. Uh, they'll have nothing to do with it. So, I think you know, it, the industry's if, at a crossroads. We'll see. If it happens and it works, everyone will have to get on it. If not enough people get on it, it won't happen. Right. And if it happens and nobody gets on board, it's just going to sink. So I think there are really three outcomes there. And I think the most likely is the fact that people just won't get on board and I think it's going to sink. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that the, the whole idea was maybe proposed to the trades a little bit early, leaked to the trades. Yeah. Uh, you got to get those ducks in a row before you hit the media because we will tear you apart. Uh, that'll do it for our show this week. Busy week. Simon, where can the good folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at showbizsimon or I now have a Facebook page. So if you go to facebook.com forward slash this is Simon Thompson, uh, you can stalk me on there. I'm okay with that. Stay fucking far away from my Facebook page. <laughs> do, do not follow it's me on Facebook. It's a separate one to my friends. Although it so is facebook.com slash Spielberg. It's a pretty fucking baller URL. Nice. So. I'm waiting for Steven to make me an offer. It hasn't <laughs> happened. Um, I am Jeff Snyder. You can follow my shit at The Wrap, at The Insnyder, all that good stuff. Rate, comment, subscribe on the podcast. Let... Marie and Kevin know how much you care. Thank you to the Popcorn Talk Network. Thank you for the chats. Yeah. Guys, have a great weekend. Good times. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Views expressed here are those of the hosts only, not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners and principals.